Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up, well, that's good fam? I am so excited. I'm always excited, especially for Wednesdays because I love getting to interview great people. And today I'm going to interview someone that I'm actually personally a huge fan of. And if, if you're not, you probably are. You just don't even know it. So this is Ryan O'Neill from Sleeping At Last. He has an incredible podcast. He's had music that you've probably heard, whether it's on Grey's Anatomy, Twilight, The Ellen Show, like so many places. It's everywhere. Um, but he's just an incredible person. He's a husband and a father to two girls, and uh, I'm excited to have him on the show. So welcome, Ryan, to the What's Good podcast. Hi there. Uh, thank you so much. Seriously, I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, we are so excited to say we uh, I kind of always talk as we, which is funny because people are like, who's the where, where's the we? And mostly it's <laughs> like, like my that. husband or my team. But in this case, it's actually like everybody um, who listens to the podcast. I know I'll be excited to have you that. on. Well, I have to ask uh, you the hardest question ever. What is the best yeah. piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, I, I think the best piece of advice I've been given, or the one that keep, that stood out in my mind as I was trying to trying to figure out my answer for this question, uh, was from Bob Goff, who I know is a mutual friend of ours. Yes. And right at the time we had our firstborn, so I have two daughters, uh, Lily and Iris. Um, Lily's six, so about six years ago. I was in the, the kind of the haze of, of being a new dad and I was talking to him and, and was basically just saying like, I'm, I'm having a hard time like being present and just like, just being, you know, um, like I'm so tired and I'm so exhausted. Yeah. And he was like, what if you had a magnifying glass and you just continued to look for your daughter's fingerprints everywhere that, um, like every day. And so a, wow. a couple of weeks later, he sends me a magnifying glass. And so to me, what that means is just to notice the beauty of it, of, of today and the beauty of getting to show the world to my little girl. And wow. so I, I now have a little collection of, of magnifying glasses as, uh, as reminders so of those, uh, of that message. So I don't know if it's advice, but it's That's a, so it's a perspective good. that helps me notice. That's so good. Here you are right before we started. He's like, oh, this question's so intimidating. But I mean, that was so good. And if you have a collection, that seems to be uh -huh. a pretty significant advice to you. I love that. Um, Absolutely. We, you know, yeah. we just had our first daughter and our Congratulations, first. Congratulations. She's so Thank excited. You. Thank you. We're How so old is she excited. Now? She's only two months. So she's still just oh a little, little boo. I know. Um, That's but so special. We are obsessed. Um, so it's just cool to hear your perspective of you know, your daughter is kind of changing your perspective on the daily basis because she's already Aww. changing ours for sure. Oh, I am sure. It's like a, it's a week to week thing. Like, yes. like each week is so different from the last week. And then, um, like your perspective on, on every part of life is, is shifting throughout their whole life. And that's so, that's so special, you know? It is so true. I know when people have said to me, they're like, do you feel normal? Like my friends, because they haven't had kids yet. Do you feel normal? I'm like, well, yeah, like I feel like a normal <laughs> person, but I feel like a better version of myself. Like things yeah. that like I struggle with that were just like so insignificant, you know, I just yeah. feel like have fallen shifter, off of right? me. Cause yeah, I'm like, wow, yeah. my life is so much 
bigger than myself. And I always yeah. knew that, but having her as that reminder is amazing. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. So you are an artist. You have you write songs. You you sing them. I think you I also do. play many instruments. You have a very creative brain. And like I kind of mentioned, your music <laughs> has been heard on Grey's Anatomy, on the Twilight Saga, on all these really big things. And I know there's so many more. I yeah. saw Jane the Virgin too, which my family really liked that show. So that that was really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. But what does that feel like for you know you to sit in your home? and write a song and then one day hear it on the big screen because for me and this is such a smaller scale but even just like you know you write a book like by yourself and then all of a sudden like everybody's reading it you know so what does that feel like for you to write something and then all of a sudden it's just like out there yeah first of all writing a book sounds so huge to me like i i like i can't imagine like with a song i'm writing you know maybe 20 lines and you know a book right. is full of you know, 100 100 and something pages um but That's anyway smart. so I, I i grew up just kind of in love with that art form and um obviously i fell deeply in love with music and so to be able to see those things kind of come together is really really special um the first time i ever had a, a song in a tv show it was this uh this live action version of tarzan <laughs> this, this is a long so time ago cool. <laughs> and i don't know that it ran very long but um but it is uh it, like a, you know I, I gathered my family up together we all we all sat and ch- tried to hear when the song was playing and it was so quiet in the background that i i i couldn't even tell it was my song and so from that moment on it's been like this this even that was special you know wow <laughs> was, that's so cool so i i really geek out whenever whenever i have that privilege or opportunity it's it's really special that's amazing do you feel like i know you love the movies and you say like it's so cool for that do you feel like you write your songs for that or do you just do you have like a specific thing that you write for or is every project different every so i I started a while ago writing in theme which is kind of a creative hack because basically for me it allows me to like if i know in my atlas project i have a long form series called atlas that it's this very thematic music and I have the song titles already written before any of the music comes at all. And so it's really fun to have a jumping off point, you know, like I'm going to write a song called sorrow, you know, like it can't be super happy. (laughs) Like there's (laughs) some really like instantly like limiting in a, in a creative way, in a really helpful creative way. Um, it instantly gives me a framework to work within. And so I never really write unless it's a, unless I have an opportunity to write specifically for a movie. Um, like for twilight, I actually wrote turning page, like, after reading the books and trying to submit it for the film. So I also knew that there was a very slim chance of me getting that song in the movie. So I wanted to make sure that if it didn't make it, it still was like a meaningful love song to me and my wife. Yeah. (laughs) So so it wasn't fully Edward and Bella vampire song, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, so on occasion, like if it's a, for a specific project, I will write very much with, with film and TV in mind. Um, but all of my normal songs that get used in film and TV were written just because I am, I'm basically, music's my therapy. It's what it's, I, I process everything through it. I, um, I, even, even like my girls growing up, I, I was, I was just thinking about it. Like I have little snippets of their life kind of interwoven into, um, into each of the songs in the last six years. Wow. And so it's, it's even helping me like process time and memory. And that <laughs> so, is the coolest so usually that's thing. my jumping off point. Yeah. That is the coolest thing ever. It, it seems to be that way. It's like whenever you write for something, it's good. But then the moments that come out of the really just raw organic moments of life are the ones that end up touching people in the sweetest ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's totally true. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a it's a 
I kind of balance the two where it's like a, a, a blank canvas for me is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just like, hey, would you write a song, any song, it doesn't matter what it's about, just write it. Like, that sounds so exciting. And then all of a sudden, I my mind just kind of breaks. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> so I get I that. I lay out these like thematic, like, all right, I'm going to write a song for the five senses. All right. So that's, yep. you know, touch, taste. Um, I'm going to write a song for each of the planets in our solar system. I'm gonna, You know, like that kind of stuff yeah. helps me like it, it, it just... Every, all of those little details, my research into each thing, um, kind of feeds back into my creative process. And That's it's, so it's really cool. fun that way. I feel the yeah. exact same way when I have to do something. If I like, especially in writing, I don't know if you've ever watched SpongeBob, but there's this scene in SpongeBob <laughs> yeah. where he's like literally up for hours. He has to write this paper and he's like so stressed because he doesn't know what to say. And you see him just like working <laughs> away. And then finally you see what he wrote and it was the and sometimes I feel like that I'm like trying to get a start and I'm like that literally is the entire writing process right there right it's so true it's so true Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. 
KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash Sadie Rob summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico, K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash Sadie Rob summer. Well, you mentioned your um, Atlas journey and that has been just such a cool thing to follow along in bits and pieces of it. Oh, thanks. Um, one thing that I'm really inspired by you is how you take your time with a project. And I feel like nowadays people want to just get something out fast. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, as soon as we can get out, we just put it out. And you've really taken your time on things, especially which we're going to talk about later, the Enneagram. Like you put out yeah. one and then you didn't really know when the next one was coming out for the listener. <laughs> no idea, like yeah. we were all like <laughs> refreshing, refreshing. And, you know, that's really cool, though, because you took your time. What Thank have you. you seen? Like, how have you seen that benefit you and your projects taking time? And when do you know that it's ready? Because that would be hard. Like, oh, you know, gosh. you could always work on something. Yeah. But when do you just say, OK, it's it's good. Like, go. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I, I don't know if I ever really have that feeling of like, it is a hundred percent done. It's so abstract for me where it's almost like, it's almost when things stop bothering me about the song. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> when I know I'm like, all right, I, there's nothing I can be mad at right now. You know, like there's no, there's no track that's sticking out. And so I think that might be done. I don't have any more ideas to add to it. Um, I've said my, you know, I, I, the message came across and so it's never with like, it's done. And I, I like go celebrate. I wish, I wish I had that. Cause that would be so much more fun. Yeah. I've had a couple <laughs> of friends like try to celebrate like the ends of, you know, actually when the Enneagram was, was done when I finished those nine songs. Um, and for me, it like, like I knew in my mind that it, I should be celebrating this, but in my, it, like it, I could, I could probably work on the same songs forever. Right. Right. <laughs> like yes. it w- I would, I would torture myself entirely by doing that. And I would live a very unhappy life if I let myself <laughs> do that. But, um, but I, yeah, so I, I do have that like perfectionistic idea in my head where it's like, it's never actually done, but I do have to let go of it at some point. And yep. that letting go process is, it is, yeah, it's like this very ephemeral, like, like actually I just finished a song, um, for the, the third chapter of my Atlas series. And it's been a little while since I've worked on it cause I took a little bit of time off and, um, even being in tune with what that feeling is, is I'm just out of whack. So it took me, mm-hmm. it took me weeks of listening and just trying to like, I would, I would show up to the studio and just, just sit 
like with it on repeat and just not knowing, like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to be adding things? Am I supposed to be closing it out? Like, I don't like, so I, it's a, it's a funny process, but, um, but you asked, uh, more specifically about like taking time with the songs and it's, it's a similar to, um, writing with like a prompt or a creative like theme and versus like just being free with it. Um, I find that like, there's like, there's an exact balance that I have not figured out where I want to, I want to make sure that I can take enough time to get it right. But at the same time, not too much time, uh, with a project or with a song, uh, to, to start like letting in the doubt and the, the insecurities yeah. and letting all of those questions kind of have a louder voice. So, that's um, that's been, that's been tricky. And I, I think I actually kind of fumbled a little bit on this last song because I had too much time with it. Yeah, <laughs> like it, It's that. the first song of a big project. And I, I just was like, nobody's waiting for it yet. I'm kind of, you know, I haven't yeah. released and announced or I haven't announced like the release date. And so, um, that in my head just created, like, I could work on it for a couple of years and, yeah. uh, I would, I'm, I will get increasingly more unhappy if I do. So, yep. no, that's so yeah, so it's a real. balance. I think that's good advice for people though, because I've seen that perfectionism kind of keep people from actually putting things out that either yeah. God put on their heart, they've been working really hard on. And it's like, no, like put it out. That's going to touch people. But it's like, oh, but there's this. And like, nobody would notice the this. Like everybody oh, would totally. be inspired by the thing that you put out. But we get in our minds, we're like, it's not good enough. It's not this, it's not that, whatever. But that's good advice of like, you know, take your time with things like, you know, steward what you have well, but then don't sit on yeah. it too long that you start getting insecure exactly. and you start writing a whole nother story and then just ditch it. And you're like, nobody ever sees it. You know? Yeah. And then so. all of a sudden you can't appreciate it. I actually I do feel that way even with releasing it. Um, like so not even just finishing it, but actually making sure people get to hear it. Because if you hold something too long, I found for my music, like you, you've kind of grown a little bit in the, in a year or in six months. And so I really like the idea of as soon as I I'm finished with something that it can be received pretty quickly after that. And so I don't yeah. usually follow like the traditional PR plan of like, you know, prep for months and months and, you know, have a, have a campaign going around it. I, I, I love the idea of like, as soon as it's out of the oven, it can be enjoyed. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, <laughs> these, eat it while it's hot. little cookies. That's yeah, right. Exactly. It's eat always it better right. right out of the oven. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I heard, um, I heard somebody say, I can't remember who it was, um, and it kind of haunted me for, for the last 10 years, um, but you, you get to a certain part or, or a certain point in your creative process where you're spending 98% of your time making it 2% better, wow. and that's a dangerous place to be, and I feel like I'm there often where I'm like wow. tweaking a, you know, like a, the EQ on a guitar or something, something that nobody will hear or care about, but something about it is bothering me or not sitting right, and I'm spending you know all of my my time trying to make it you know two percent better so that's a wow. that's a wrestling that i can't totally like because uh, part of me feels like well if you can get the two percent better then do whatever it takes to do that and then yeah. the other part of me is like that's not actually how creativity should work you know you shouldn't yes. be we're not aiming for perfection we're aiming for for true you know, um communication of what we feel and think yes. and so that's so, yeah, so true I, and it's I, haunted me. <laughs> so I will now let it haunt you. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Now I'm like, okay, great. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Well, it's actually so good because I am finishing a book project right now. And it is that. Are it's you? Like, yeah, it's like, why do I? Oh, my gosh. As a brand new mom, too. That's so know, much. Are you doing all right? It has been literally crazy. Thanks for asking. Uh, that's yes, so hard. Yes, I'm almost done, which is so great. But that... 
Congrats, is really that's good awesome. advice for me right now. And I have to remember too, it's like perfection isn't actually relatable, you know? So yeah, it's not actually, relatable and it's not even reasonable. No, it's really <laughs> yeah. not. And so it's like when you get to a point where you're like, this is going to move people, this is going to change people, inspire people, then it's, it's done. You know, it's time. Totally. And, so, totally. So and cool. I do feel like the feeling like you as an author, the feeling that like your feelings about the book, I feel like influence how people receive it. So, so even though it true. might be on like a social media post, it might be on your podcast, however, but I do feel like letting it go at a time when you feel really at peace with it versus I mean, at least I'm speaking from my experience. No, if I, if I let so it go true. too late, it, it like I'm kind of yep. making excuses for it in my head. Like, well, that was a year yep. ago. I know I can do better now. I would, I would change this. I would change that. Yep. Like there's, there's that some, there's so some danger true. in holding on. Yeah. Very true. So I know you're a Christian, you have faith. Um, in what ways has, you know, your music even brought you closer to God? Do you feel like it's strengthened your faith? Do you feel like it's been there at times for you when your faith, you know, you've had doubts or how has that kind of played yeah. a role in that? Yeah, it's a, it's a place for me to process my faith. So all of my questions, I think somehow, I don't, I don't ever intend for it to happen. And I, I've had this rule actually since I was, I think I was like 15 years old, just starting out writing songs. And for some reason, like the idea of like, oh, am I going to, what kind of music am I going to write? Mm -hmm. And how does, how does my experience of uh, my faith, like what, what, what is that? How, what role does that play in my music? Yeah. And um, the rule was basically, I will never force my faith into my music and I'll never force it out. And so wow, that has naturally created this place for me to process and, um, kind of work out my questions. And so I've been, you can kind of tr probably trace it back. My, my, my rises, my, my rising and falling in my faith throughout my <laughs> music. And so uh, in that way, like it, it helps me, it helps me to stay in tune with it. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's like, a, like I, 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 it's, it's actually, it's an area that I really love writing about and writing like it, it, it gives music gives me a place to put those questions out yes. into the world. That's you know? very cool. I love it. You're you're so creative. It's like I'm like I want to think thanks. like that. Like I want to like process things <laughs> like that. But you welcome us into that processing. And oh, I love that's how, so sweet. Thank you. You know I've followed the Enneagram one so closely. And it's just really cool because you don't just put it out. You explain why and the why. I love the why because I'm such a big, like, I want to hear the story behind it, you know? That's oh, why that's I ask so cool people yeah. the best piece of advice you've ever been given. Because I'm like, you give advice, you do all this stuff. But, like, who told you something that inspired you? And it gives a glimpse of your story. And so oh, awesome. to hear the background was super, super cool for all those. You were so uh, intentional. I think that's the word thank you. for your, that's like, awesome. careers, like, when from an outsider's, like, intention and not a lot That's of people so nice. Thank you. use that, so it's awesome. Well, I want to do something fun. I want to have a Enneagram yeah. combo if you're down for it. Oh, I love it. Love but it. But I have Always to invite uh, my Enneagram geek into the picture, and that is my brother, <laughs> John Luke. That's great. For those people who don't know what the Enneagram is, and you're about to hear us say six and seven and nine and one and all the different yeah, numbers, yeah, yeah. can you give people a little snapshot of what the Enneagram is and uh, why why you like it, why you got into it? Yeah, I'll try. So the Enneagram is made up of nine distinct and kind of uniquely beautiful types of personality. And the model assumes that each type has sort of a core wound, uh, something that could be perceived or something that actually happened in childhood. And it really shapes your, your struggles and your successes throughout your whole life. And so it's one through nine. 
and each one has has a, a deep um, need, and it's just a it's just a really helpful tool to understand not only yourself but each other and how certain things are just so much more important and so much more um, painful for each type. And understanding that, just knowing that there's there's this uh, kind of map out there, it 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 makes conversation, it makes relationships, it makes all of those things enriched with empathy in a way that no other really tool that I've ever come across. So for me, um, the Enneagram has been this exactly that, a tool for empathy and understanding myself better, but also, um, understanding how to love the people that I love better. Awesome. That was very good. That was very good. I don't actually uh, know if that is an overview or if that's uh, just. <laughs> that's your perspective. I think that's a very great overview. So I'm a, I am a six. So if you go to me and unhealth. You were six. I'm, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so when you were talking about the like in your head, like, did I open the door right? I'm like, that is so me. Like, I will say like one thing. I'm like, did I say that wrong? Should I have done that? And Christian's like, what are you talking about? Like, you literally opened the door. Yeah, what, like, I you're a person opening a door. <laughs> I know. Okay, so yeah, I get it. It is. I, guess, I, I, I relate to that hardcore. And um, it is, I, I feel like I saw somebody sent me, I'm sure it was some sort of meme. Um, that was basically like, if you want to know what my whole life <laughs> feels like, it's just rehearsing normal everyday activities and how they went and rating them, you know, one through 10. That's totally, that's my mind. That yeah. is so true. I try to get out of, of that, but that is real. That's so real. Okay. So before we start, we have to share with everyone which, what Enneagram numbers we are. So yes. Ryan, what are you? I, I identify as type nine, and I'm. I, I say identify. I'm a hundred percent a nine. <laughs> <laughs> do you have hardcore a, nine? Yeah. Do you uh-huh. wing one way or another? I I didn't think I did, but I do feel like I've got a a lot more one than I realized, and, and that I think a yeah. lot of what we talked about already, even the creative process, that's where it comes out. Yeah. And actually, I I didn't also realize until I wrote my song for the type eight. I was like, oh, I don't have any fight in me. I've got no like strength <laughs> in that way that an eight does. And, um, writing that song and kind of like thinking through my life, even as a songwriter, I do, there's a stubborn uh, that not to, not to, you know, say that eights are stubborn, but there is a, there is a confidence in some of my creative process in moments where I'm like, Oh, that must be my eight wing. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Thank goodness it showed up because You're like, you it's know, there, right? Yeah, it's there, but it is, I would say it's a very mild eight wing and a pretty, a, 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 a a more prominent one wing than I realized. Yep, that makes sense. And how about you guys? Okay, John. So Lee. you're a type six. Okay, yes. Well, yeah. I'm a six strong wing seven for sure. Everybody's okay. like, you're not a six or seven, but like, if you like, I know myself, and like, whenever I listen to the podcast, whenever I read the books, it's like, no doubt, I just struggle more with the things that the six struggle with but i have yeah, more of a yeah, seven yeah. personality i feel like yeah. um yeah that's but, awesome yeah and this is funny because i also i went back and forth which i don't know did you test a nine when you took the test i you know it's funny i i think i did and then through the help of my friend chris who um wrote the the book the sacred enneagram he he recommended he's like you know the tests are really helpful to kind of narrow things down to like you know a third of the enneagram that you might you know relate to but really you just got to dive in deep and read more about it and so i I don't think there was any question that i was a nine until writing the songs really Uh, each of the enneagram songs one i started with one and so i started realizing that like I was reading and having conversations so, so intently about each type that there is a part where I'm like, maybe I'm a one. 
Yeah. Maybe I'm two. Maybe I'm a three. That is so <laughs> funny. So like the entire time, which is the most nine thing ever. I'm just like merging into every type as yep. I go, you know? Well, that was but, one of my questions I was going to ask is if you went on an Enneagram journey, because I'm a six wing seven, but I go back and forth because I tested a seven twice. But when oh, I read okay, it wow. all, I'm like, gosh, like there's no, like sevens don't think this much because this guy, he is a- No thinking whatsoever. Like strong seven. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Yes, I am- <laughs> Zero, zero thinking. <laughs> no thinking. Zero thought. Is that what you're saying? So yeah. you're, you're no. a seven? You identify um, as a seven? Definitely 100% seven. Like never guess. That's oh, great. No, no doubt in my mind. Whenever, like I took the test, always got seven and I was like, I don't know. And then I read- you know, I, I would read the description like, this is exactly, exactly me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I've said this before, and I, it sounds like I'm, I'm just saying it, but uh, if, I could, if I could transform myself into a type, it would be a seven. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it right? Is, it is a more efficient way to be. Like, you've prioritized, like, sure, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if, the, uh, um, if pain is the thing you're avoiding, if that's the, if that's the kind of the crutch of the, of the seven, that's a that's not a bad thing to avoid. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, great. right? Like, right. No, like the need for the the need for the nine is to have just like it literally. I think Father Richard Rohr says the the need for the nine is to just avoid. This <laughs> like, like, is anything, dot, everything. Dot, dot. Like, like, just uh-huh. avoid it all. Yeah, and oh so to avoid gosh. pain, that seems pretty like pretty efficient. Uh-huh. And then the rest of the time, you're that's, just having a great a great time. You know, that's like, very reasonable. That's what everyone says yeah. about the seven. Is like the seven is like everyone wants to be the seven, and that. I think Richard Ward's book it, he said it perfectly he was like a seven will never turn down a cookie and I was like that's me and I'm like everyone wants <laughs> everyone to be a seven apparently I've got some seven in me too then because uh-huh. I won't turn down a cookie <laughs> but everyone wants to be a seven because you ride so high and then you crash and that's the thing about the sevens <laughs> that's true we got that's high highs and low lows yeah. <laughs> but not it's, everybody it's, sees it's the true. low lows uh-huh. yeah Disney World is that way high highs and low lows that's uh-huh. what we every time we go there with like any sort of other family we're like just so you know like the highs are going to be amazing the lows are going to be pretty rough (laughs) Disney World is a seven it's a it's a seven Uh place right (laughs) are you a big Disney World person I I am more than I probably should even admit yeah I like I I grew up going pretty frequently and um now with kids it's like it it really is like a seeing everything from a new perspective and I just love it so it's like that's awesome I joke around that I'm going through my midlife crisis by like my deep love of Disney right now (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well you're really gonna think this is cool I have to share this with you so my great grandparents it's their 50th wedding anniversary this year and 50 years ago they went to disney world on their anniversary and it was the year that it opened so this year is the 50th so all of our families go to disney world for their 50th and disney's 50th anniversary which is pretty cool that's in october right because i'm that much of a nerd where i know that that's amazing (laughs) that they went you know that when they got married that's just so cool how cool 50 years ago when it first opened and now we're going back 50 years later it's pretty awesome oh my gosh yeah have they so, been back several times in, in the yes, 50 years? Yes, they've been back. That but must the, be amazing to actually have seen the developments. The and, I know, yeah. right? That's yeah, so you'll cool. have to so talk cool. to them. You would, you would love it. I would love that. Um, well, that's so cool. So I was going to ask you, what was I going to ask Wait, you? Wait, I have a question. Oh, Tom. yeah, please okay. ask. So yeah. well, first I want to say with Atlas and the Enneagram, I was like so worried when you were, like when the numbers were coming out waiting for the seven, because I feel like a lot yeah. of people don't really understand like what a seven is and they just see like totally, the happy, totally. the joy, the whatever. And I thought you hit it perfectly on like the oh, hopeful wow. 
optimism but also like the sadness mixed in but then the like the joy that it brings i just i oh, felt man. like i was like that is just so me and so what a Dude, seven that, is. that means seriously that means so much to me to hear that because i was terrified like i uh, i mean yeah. each each of the songs but like yeah i think i realized at the very start of the project that i i don't know what i bit off like this is like ridiculous because at first it just sounded like really fun creatively like oh i'm gonna write mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. about these interesting you know versions of being a person that's great that'll be super fun and then realizing how sensitive that is and how unfairly a lot of the enneagram types are represented the eights and sevens i would say more specifically and Mm -hmm. and and sixes too actually i was gonna say actually i might might even make put them right at the top of being under under uh appreciated in in all of the writing of of the enneagram i don't know if you felt that way but oh for um, sure it it was super helpful whenever i listened to it which honestly like it was just really beautiful because whenever my friend group was listening to it all together and everyone in my office that i used to live in nashville and worked in an office there and we were all listening to them together and like we knew which one we were by which one we cried the most to. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, that's, that's your so number. Nice. But it was so empathetic. Uh-huh. And it was it was funny because I remember when each song came out, it was like that person was nervous to come into the office because they're like, I'm exposed. Everyone knows me. But it was like <laughs> oh, so beautiful. And the six, so like cool. something that I feel like everybody thinks about six is like they're just afraid of everything. And they're just like timid yes. and scared and um, overthink everything. And like, yeah, but that's the ne- that's not the thing that we're like super proud of you know no and I feel no like, that's like it's really pressing into like the wound of yes. the type by people continuing to like exactly. explain sixes that way yeah. and i feel like there's other types like mm-hmm. sevens where it's like oh they're so fun and like they're known for like a, a good thing but then it's also yeah. like they want to be known for the hard thing but the six is like i don't want to just be known for the hard thing but whenever yes, you exactly. <laughs> when you talked about it being like i'm believing i choose to believe that I'm a like a sanctuary. Like I, the reason why like I fear is out of wanting to protect. Like whenever yeah. I think about like all That's the so worst beautiful. case scenarios, I'm trying to protect everyone around us. Like whenever we were For growing sure. up, this is a prime example of me being sick. So he had asthma. So he needed to carry an inhaler. Well, still he do. did not. Yeah, he still has asthma. He wouldn't carry mm. an inhaler. So I carried an inhaler everywhere with me because I was like, if <laughs> so something nice. happens to him, like, and I'm thinking of the worst case scenario, I would carry like Benadryl, even though I didn't have allergic reactions, just in case somebody had an allergic just reaction. In case. Oh I would gosh. like <laughs> learn all about what do you do in a tornado? What do you do if this happens? Because like I wanted to be able to protect, but most people yeah. are like, oh, you're just, you think about the worst case scenario, you're afraid. I'm like, well, yes, I do have fear with that, but it's out of a motive yeah. of like, I want security. I want my people to be in a place of security. And so and you captured that right? so great. It is a form of love. Aww. But oh my gosh, like even the opening lines whenever of the sixth song when you talked about, I had the most vivid dream last night. I, I have the craziest dreams when you talked about how I was on Dear. my way up to heaven, but I could only look down. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I'm telling you, <laughs> your, your music, like I'm geeking out right now because it really meant a lot. Like your podcast so about kind. the Enneagram meant a lot a lot um you talked about being like super afraid to do it um do you feel like you being a nine in what ways did it help you do it and what ways did it kind of cripple you in doing it yeah so the ways that it helped was that i i genuinely i i want to um 
I want to make sense and make uh, kind of make peace with the entire Enneagram. So I was going through not as a way like that was something I, I learned pretty quickly that like, oh, this project doesn't work if I'm just writing songs like an ode to, you know, like uh, interesting uh, sevens do this and eights do that and fives do this. Um, so I really wanted to like, what is it? What does it feel like to be a type one? What does it feel like to be a type three? So that was like heaps and heaps of conversations. And there was a, there was a point with writing each song that I felt like my heart kind of broke for that type. It was like understanding the wound or understanding the, like the, the kind of the baggage or the, the heaviness that comes with each version of being a person. And that's when I knew that I, I, I had something to say about it. And I felt mm, like I, cool. I had the, um, cause it, like I said, I, I was, and this is probably part of my nine-ness as well. But like, once I realized that people were, um, like looking forward to hearing their type song, <laughs> like to me, I was like, Oh no, that's not, that's not what I wanted to, Oh shoot. I don't, yeah. I'm just trying to write songs like, like I did for my song Saturn, like about the planet, you know, like I just, <laughs> I'm just writing about things. Um, but that was an invitation for me to like, to really learn about the people that I know and love in my life in a way that is, uh, and uh, as, as a little bit of a side note, um, the Enneagram for me is like, the, I think the thing that I love the most about it is that it is a shorthand to get people to go deep quick. Yeah. Like I have a, a few friends that I've been friends with for like 25 years and we talk about all sorts of things, but never to the depth that I learned about them in, in like just asking them questions about being a type five or being a type right. two or whatever it was. And so that in, in that sense, um, it was, it's just a huge gift. Like I, I feel like the Enneagram is such a, a beautiful shorthand for going deeper, quicker. And, so um, true. but yeah, so the ways that being a nine helped, I think is because I came at it, I wasn't trying to solve any problems. I was just trying to honor and appreciate each person, um, which I think comes maybe from that peacemaking <laughs> yes. perspective. The negatives is that I genuinely at multiple points thought I was each of those types. And my <laughs> wife was even being like, you, you've been like, you're, your character, you're, you're changing a little bit as you're writing these songs. Right. <laughs> so yes. I was definitely like mirroring and kind of merging into each thing that I was, I was going deep into. So that's kind of also when I knew I'm like, I need to move on to the next one. <laughs> yes. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. What do you feel like, uh, the Enneagram and doing this project, um, you know, working with each different type so closely, cause you yeah. had such significant things in each song from that type or sounds or whatever it was. Yeah. What did it teach you about like humanity as a whole? Do you feel like you stepped away and you thought more about the way that people are? I definitely did. I like a thing that I, I, I and this has actually been learning that I see in, in faith and I see in like, I've been, I've been kind of going deep into a thing called spiral dynamics a little bit lately, just as a, I just, I just geek out with this stuff. And Really, it does seem like the best of people, what it points to in the Enneagram included, is that we are at our best when we're letting go. Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram, every single type, if you go through one through nine, um, that is really the answer. That's the solution. Like the eights want control, which is why they're guarded. And so letting go is this beautiful vulnerability for the eight. Um, the six want control, for they want security, they want safety. And the, the, the answer is letting go and honoring, honoring, honoring those feelings. And so it's a, I think I came away from that project, including writing my nine song, uh, which was by far the, the trickiest for me. Um, sure. I like totally the entire time was like, oh, the nine song will be easy because it'll just be like any song that I write because I'm a nine. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, I've been writing nine songs since I was 15. This is great. <laughs> um, 
And in order to do the same, uh, to honor other type nines in the same way that I tried to for one through eight, um, I, I needed to dig a lot deeper into my own garbage <laughs> right. than, than I wanted to. I bet um, that was hard. Yes. You're like, yeah, do I want to put that It was not out? fun. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And what I realized through that was the same thing. It's like, oh, my the best version of myself is a form of letting go. And the best yep. version of every Enneagram type is a form of letting go. Spiral That's dynamics cool. leads to letting go. Like yeah. it's, and I, and I think faith is that way too. It's, it's a, yep. it's a, it's at its best. It is a trust and it's, a, it's a letting go. It's very true. Wow. That's so good. That's such good advice in and of itself, you know, cause I think we can get so many times we get so complex in our own number. Well, no one understands it's different, you know, but the core, like we are all human and we do all face the same things in life, similar things in life, you know, and to know that there are things. And I think the Bible is cool. Like it's cool with the Bible because it's like, this is one message for all people, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just very cool that the one message genuinely can touch all people with love and with joy and with peace and with all these things. And so, Yes, the Enneagram is divided into numbers, but that doesn't mean that we're all not still human and that as a collective letting go is the greatest thing for us, you know? It Um, totally is. It totally is. That's very Yeah, I was was also like... The thing that I really loved about writing those songs and just learning, because I, I, so I, I studied with Richard Rohr for a couple. I went to a retreat and I, I got to like hear him teach on the the Enneagram for quite a bit, and that was hugely impactful. This was like a year or two before writing the songs in preparation for it, and so all the writing, it just, I think it ended up making everyone feel so much less different in my mind. Like their perspective made more sense, you know. That's like it's. Cool. Um, I came away from it kind of feeling like, oh, yeah, like that makes total sense why that childhood friend was doing what they were doing. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't excuse any hurts or anything like that, but it, it it provides a context that's like, oh, yeah, that's like because the yep. like uh, even like type ones, like knowing that the inner critic inner critic or inner criticism is so strong for them. And that's why some, maybe they can show a a little bit of an edge themselves. Like knowing that is a huge, you know, like it hurts my feelings less when someone's mean to me. Yes. (laughs) No, my husband is in one and it was funny because talk about Enneagram journey. Okay. He's over there. He went from like thinking he was, well, we thought he was a two because he definitely has two wings. He's very helpful, very servant hearted, so kind. Awesome. Well, he yeah. uh, then we were like, I don't know. You're you're kind of like a strong personality for it, dude. And we're like, <laughs> and then he's like, well, maybe maybe I'm an eight. Which then the two goes through and we're like, are you unhealthy? But it was just funny. And he's like, maybe an <laughs> eight. So then we thought he was an eight. And then, but we never even read or listened to one. I didn't even really know that many ones. And it's funny how your yeah. circle you you sometimes are just one or a couple different types and generally know that many ones close to me. And so I didn't really read about it. And when when we read it, we were like, oh my <laughs> oh, god. There- Gosh, it, is. it was yeah. so true. And that inner <laughs> critic, it really is a thing. And just like we all yeah. have our things. And so knowing that, though, is so helpful. Um, oh, do yeah. you feel like the Enneagram has really helped you in your marriage? Because I feel like it totally yeah. has. And John Luke probably can oh, say my gosh. Same. Yeah. Have you both felt that way? Yeah. Like, oh. honestly, for me, it was um, so I had, I, had, I had heard about the Enneagram or had, had learned a little bit about it um, through our friend Chris that um, this was maybe this is maybe seven years, six years ahead of me writing these songs and even thinking that I would want to do that. Um, And I was so skeptical. I just thought like, oh, great. Another way to 
reduce the human experience <laughs> into bite-sized pieces. Like, right. How is that helpful? How is that helpful? And um, the thing that kind of pulled me into it was the idea that like, the Enneagram is actually not very fun. Like people can make it fun and it, it, and there's like exciting elements to it. And there's, you know, it's fun to kind of like poke fun at each other. Um, but really like it starts like, you know, your type based on how, how hurtful that description is. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's like, the truth. like the thing that makes yeah. you cry is the thing that like this. So it's not, and that gave it a little bit more credibility. And then before I knew it, like the language that my wife and I shared, her name's Kate. And, um, it has been this huge, so she's a type three and I'm a type nine. And so understanding that like in, 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 in lesser, uh, healthy moments for her, she actually kind of comes to the nine. And Mm -hmm. so that's not great. (laughs) Like, I think everybody in marriage is kind of like wired to like, you should be like a little bit more like me. Maybe that would be good. And understanding that, no, that's actually doesn't, that's not good. Don't, don't (laughs) be more like me. Let's, let's go the other way. Um, (laughs) so when she feels like indecisive or, um, uh, yeah, mostly it's indecision. I, I kind of know where we're at and that's really, yeah. it's just helpful again, as a shorthand to, um, we yes. have, we have found it to be a really beautiful tool in our marriage for seven, eight years. We've been married for 11 years, but that's awesome. Familiar with the Enneagram. It is yeah. such a good tool. I love how you said that because that is how I knew it wasn't a seven. Cause when I read it, I was like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Yeah. yeah. And then I read the six. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> that's me, you know, because I'm really so not true. scared of pain. I don't, I, I enjoy hard conversations because I'm like, they make you better. Like, that is not a yeah. thing for me. So that's when I'm you're like, seven's out. That's, that's not me. That's, um, totally. But yes, the Enneagram has certainly helped. And just not, I mean, not that we, we just got married, not even two years ago, but it's just been such oh, a good, so like, cool. strength for us because um, yeah. it helps us understand each other and have compassion and empathy for moments that we don't understand each other you're like wait what but then you're like oh okay we just think differently we right that's it's a different value system right like like the the thing that each of us are trying to you know emphasize or avoid they're they're very different and i think Mm -hmm. it's easy to just assume everybody thinks in a similar way um parenting too is a huge um i know like we (laughs) we definitely believe you're not supposed to type your children but Like just knowing <laughs> in the backdrop, I mean, our, our little girl is six and four and we will never, t- I mean, we're not going to share with them that we think that they are the types that they are. Sorry. I said six and four as in their ages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is six and a four. There's numbers can mean more, more things than the Enneagram. And, um, but, but it, it helps us to like, even if we have a little bit of a hunch of what mm-hmm. our daughters are, like it helps us kind of make sure that we're not, not parenting against that grain you know like we're trying to just pivot a little bit and that it's helped us in kate's and my conversations about parenting as we go along but that's awesome that's good advice did you did you hear when you were when you realized that you landed on the seven was it well i guess back up a little further did you have a like a lack of interest in the enneagram at first in general um because i think really no, that's good. Well, then you must be healthy. Because <laughs> usually yeah. sevens are like, no, thanks. Like, cool. Well, you guys enjoy was your, of, your pain tool. <laughs> that that was kind of me. And that is true about sevens. But also it was like kind of getting popular at that time. And that's yeah, yeah, a yeah. big seven thing. I'm like, oh, this is in. I, I mean, let's learn about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more. So yeah. it, was, it was totally that. Um, and whenever it, it really was with me and Mary-Kate, my wife, when we started reading it together, that's when we really settled our number. She's a two, 
and oh, okay, it was cool. early on when we were kind of reading about this and hearing about this and um yeah we had a couple living with us at the time who was big into it and so they were talking through it with us and we read this description of like a two and a seven and I mean, it was like they were in our house, like exactly. <laughs> like, it was just like yeah. it was just like argument about how a twos and seven C doing the dishes, and about like twos <laughs> feeling like it should be balanced. Like if you do, if you cook, you should like the other person should do the dishes, and me be, as a seven thinking. If you cook, you should also do the dishes because, like, you're the one making the mess. And so it was just <laughs> it's this different value system. Yeah, totally. yeah, and we were like, we were both coming at it and like having this major argument for like a year in our marriage about doing the dishes. And then we read this and we're like, That's good. This is it. And when you say the Enneagram is a shortcut, that it gave us the language to like actually solve yeah. our problem because we were right. like, okay, yeah. you're two. Here's how you're coming. Here's what you're thinking. I'm a seven. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, That's exactly. So cool. it, it like gives you, uh, uh, you know, what, 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 you know, medicine you need for it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> you understand. Uh-huh. You're like, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do about that. As opposed to the Enneagram is sort of like, oh, you might be hurting because of this. And I know mm-hmm. exactly how to help with that. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. John yeah. Luke pretty much introduced our whole family because we were on tour whenever it was kind of blowing up. I guess the Enneagram is always, it's yeah. been a thing for a while, but it was really popular, <clears throat> at least in our area at the time. And yeah. John Luke um, came on tour and y'all had the book, like the wisdom of the Enneagram book or whatever. And John Luke literally drew out on a little dry erase board, remember? He drew out like the triangle and like, he was like, so if you were this, you go to this and help. Like he literally taught a class like on tour. And <laughs> we so awesome. we had so much fun. Like like you said, it's not fun, but you can make it fun by just getting to oh, know totally. each other, you know? Oh, and absolutely. There are, like, it really is like, yeah. Hard moments and like awkward moments, but they're also exciting and funny. Like that's totally you like that whole thing um so it was fun well i'll just wrap it up um with a huge thank you because this has been so fun first of all you're so creative and talented and i'm thankful that you share all that with the world thank you for not sitting on it too long and letting us you know get get the cookies while they're hot seriously everything that you you. put out is incredible and i know you're still on the journey of your atlas um what, what are you on right now what are you putting out right now so it is, uh, it's going to start, I think in September is the official start month and it'll be Atlas three. So it's, it's a trilogy. So basically Atlas, um, started with Atlas one and it was songs based in, based on like the origins of all things. So I did songs for the concept of darkness kind of before everything. And then I did songs based on light, which is the beginning wow. of everything. And then I went through the planets and, um, kind of got closer <laughs> and closer to earth. And then Atlas two is all about involuntary human development. And those songs finished up with the Enneagram, which I like to think of is more involuntary. I do think that the Enneagram, um, I, I like to believe that it's hardwired into us, but mm-hmm. anyway, the themes that I explore in, in Atlas two are based on involuntary human development. So it's our senses, it's our, um, basic emotions. It's the things that we are born into without much say. And then, um, what I'm currently working on Atlas three is voluntary human, human development. So it's everything that we do with what we're given. It's all the, all the things wow. that we can do with, with the, the, the gifts and the tools that we have in front of us. So um, I will do a song for each of the seven definitions of love, um, which I'm really excited about in Atlas three. And so I've been kind of working through that, but it's a trilogy. And I I do this because I nerd out on all the themes and I like, I like, it's like a giant concept album over 70 something songs. Um, But really it's just songs. (laughs) Just putting songs out there. No, it is not just songs. That's incredible. I can't wait. Did you say it comes out in September? Yeah, it starts in September. So the first song, which 
which is called Overture 3 slash Awake, which is a really catchy title. <laughs> nobody will remember it. And uh, it's, it, yeah. That's awesome. But, hey, we'll yeah. remember it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, we're so excited. Thank you again for all that. And just it's geeking out with us about pleasure. the Enneagram. You um, are an incredible person. And your marriage is an Aww. inspiration with the things that you shared and that your fatherhood and all the things. So thank you for being Aww. on the What's Good podcast. That's so touching. Thank you so much, guys. Seriously, it was so fun to talk. It was a highlight of my week. 